Star Wars 7x7 episode 655. Today we continue our series of looks at Before the Awakening, the collection of stories by Greg Rucka that focuses on the lives of Finn, Poe, and Rey before The Force Awakens. And today we are starting our look at Poe's story. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in the Force? It's Star Wars 7x7, your daily seven-minute podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And as with the explorations of Ray's story and Finn's story last week, this is a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you have not read Before the Awakening, you have two choices. You can either put this podcast in storage until you read it, and that way then you can listen to it afterward. Or you can decide, oh, I'm not going to read that story, so I think I'll listen anyway. Or you can also decide, hey, I like spoilers. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. Because we are going to talk to you about everything and anything that happens in Poe's story here in Before the Awakening, so nothing is off limits this time around. Now, interestingly, Finn's story is actually a little bit more closely aligned with Poe's story, because this story has to do with a shift happening in Poe's life as well. He shifts from being part of the Republic Navy to joining the Resistance. In fact, yes, this is the story where we see how he makes his transition from the Republic to the Resistance. Although it is a physical shift for Poe, it's not quite a physical shift for Finn just yet, but certainly it's a mental shift away from the First Order and not necessarily knowing what's going to happen next, but it is a shift nonetheless. I wouldn't say that there was a shift for Rey in her story per se. It was just a story that let us know a little bit more about who she is and what she's capable of and how she's learned to survive all these years. So, yeah, Ray's story definitely different from Finn and Pose, to be sure. And, in that sense, Pose is also different because he is comparatively more fully formed as a character than Finn is in this case. Finn definitely has a significant character development that breaks through in his story, whereas Poe, well, <laughs> he's always been the hotshot flyboy, and uh, at least he is in this story except for you know some early reminiscences about his life when he was growing up on Yavin 4 but that only just serves to give a little bit of background for the situation he finds himself in now it's not really something that indicates a change in who he is Instead, the shift is more about changing the circumstances of how he lives his life and what causes he serves, very similar to what is happening with Finn. So here's the story in a nutshell. Poe is working for the Republic Navy. He is the leader of Rapier Squadron with uh, three other folks flying with him. And they are on patrol looking for pirates along trade routes in the New Republic is trying to prevent piracy and all this fun stuff. And yeah, it sounds kind of... <laughs> Like we're straying into Phantom Menace territory, but not really because things heat up pretty quickly. They get a distress call and they go off to investigate it. And it turns out that there is a ship that is being boarded by First Order transports. And they manage to blow up a bunch of TIE fighters and one of the shuttles. But the freighter and the other shuttle are able to escape. And when... Poe reports about it to his New Republic masters, they say that he is not allowed to investigate any further. 
there are a bunch of people in the Senate who are saying that they don't want to provoke the First Order. They don't want to get into any sort of skirmishes with them whatsoever. So even though Finn is saying, hey, we got to see if we can trace back like their route through hyperspace or find out what happened to them, he is flatly denied in his desire to do that. Command tells him that he is not allowed to investigate any further. So what does Poe do? Well... <laughs> I guess you can imagine. He comes up with a few ideas for where the transports might have jumped to and starts testing them out while they are on patrol and does so by leaving the rest of his squadron to do so. And when he does, he actually finds a First Order staging point almost entirely by accident in the sense that there was actually nothing in the star charts for the place that he was supposed to investigate, even though it was a possible jump coordinate or a jump point that they could have followed. And (laughs) Star Destroyers and Heavy Cruisers and dozens upon dozens of TIE Fighters, oh my, and they managed to confirm that the freighter that was initially attacked by the First Order is around and has been captured in that whole group of First Order ships. So when he arrives back, he thinks he's going to get in trouble, Poe does, and in fact something else entirely different happens. He ends up getting recruited by Princess now General Leia Organa and gets to hear all about the stuff that's going on with the First Order and gets the offer to transfer out of the Republic Navy and into the Resistance, which he immediately jumps on, surprise, surprise, and gets onto a Mon Calamari cruiser, the Echo of Hope, from which he goes through significant training and ultimately this leads up to one final mission in the story. So the Resistance believes a certain senator is colluding with the First Order and they send Poe and his squad mates to basically hijack this ship that the senator is traveling on to get the data inside the computers on there and see if there's any useful information. They have to do it, though, through plausible deniability. In other words, no Resistance craft, no Republic craft. It has to be done in a way where it does not look like any of them were involved. And so they managed to pull it off with a couple of Z-95 headhunters and Poe boarding the ship and claiming it in the name of the Irving Boys, which is a nice little tie-in and callback to The Force Awakens and one of the groups of baddies that had possession of the Millennium Falcon before Han got it back. And the tricky thing is that they send out a distress signal, the Senator does, and the folks from the Resistance have it timed. They know that Republic response time should be about eight minutes, so they know they only have you know a certain amount of time before they can get out of there and think everything's going to be fine. But after the Senator and his company on the ship have already gone off in the escape pods and they're trying to get the ship rebooted because it's been you know ion blasted so what happens is the ship that shows up is not republic it's first order in fact multiple first order ships and swarms of tie fighters show up in answer to the distress signals so yeah ooh, how bad is this that the senator when the senator put out a distress call didn't call for help from the republic he called for help from the first order that's bad bad news but Poe and his squad mates do manage to get out of there with their skins intact and with the luxury yacht that the Senator had been traveling on and get it back to a resistance base and specifically to the Echo of Hope, the Mon Calamari ship, where they analyze the computers. C-3PO does it, in fact, and <laughs> tells Leia that there's something she needs to see, which she knows is never a good thing. And among the other bits of information they find is the fact that the First Order is on the hunt for, you guessed it, Lorisan Tekka. And this is the point at which 
Leia starts talking to Poe about a mission to Jakku and a mission to find Lorsan Tekka and get the map to Luke Skywalker. So now we have our tie-in to The Force Awakens directly there. And so it does make me wonder a little bit whether Rey's story is also meant to have happened very proximate to The Force Awakens. As we mentioned to you in the Rey episodes last week, there was no indicator really of what time frame this was happening within. You only get the idea that it must have happened since she's 19 years old within the last, say, two or three years just because of what she's capable of and the things that she has already done on Jakku and the things they talk about her having experienced. So that's all a guess, but there is no specific reference for her and her time frame there. But rolling back to Poe's story, in terms of the saga itself, this is probably the most saga-like story. And for me, I guess it ended up being the most enjoyable in that sense. Not to say that the Finn and Rey stories were not enjoyable, just I think I liked this one the best because it was more in the realm of Star Wars. It pitted the Republic and the Resistance then against the First Order. And we didn't really get that in Finn's story. We got Finn doing some computer simulations against Resistance and Republic stuff, but nothing that was the real deal. And of course, Rey, nothing to do with either the First Order or the Resistance or the Republic in anything that happened in her story. But that's going to do it for today for our look at Poe's story in The Force Awakens prequel, if you will, before The Awakening. And we're going to take a break and do trivia for you. And then tomorrow, we're going to dig deeper into Finn's story because there's a lot of little nuggets and little facts of information that I think you will find very intriguing, as did I, as it turned out. So hang with us for just another moment. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you. audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, welcome back. Let's get you that trivia question, and then let's get on out of here. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Last time we asked you the name of the droid that alerted the Resistance to BB-8's presence on Takadana, and that is GA-97. Today's question, what is Kylo Ren's first line in The Force Awakens? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you ride your tauntaun past the first marker, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a Force Ghost vision, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.